0: Welcome to 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music with Clarissa Custom Music's very own, Kerry Lacey. Hey, everybody, welcome to week 13 of 10 Minute Tips to Teach Music. So, first of all, welcome to all of the new people that have joined on the Facebook page or have liked the podcast at Podbean or perhaps you've subscribed to my YouTube channel. I know that this week, Whilst I didn't do a podcast, I did manage to get a couple of videos up on the YouTube channel. So if you're uh, somebody who does a unit on Australian composers and maybe Ross Edwards is somebody that is a focus area for you, then those two videos that I put up on YouTube last week will certainly be of help to you. One is about white ghost dancing and it basically outlines the core material and the methods of manipulation. And the other one is A Brief History of Ross Edwards. So it basically talks about Edwards itself. There's some audio in there with Richard Meal and various other things. So um, hopefully you'll enjoy that. There's also PDFs that go along with that. You'll find them in the access area. It does mean you do need to provide an email address to get into the access area because you have to create a profile at the website. But in all honesty, it's really... Um, a very simple price to pay in order to get some fantastic resources. So if you're a Ross Edwards person who's who's studying him in Music 2 HSC for New South Wales, or perhaps you're somewhere in Australia studying him, or maybe you're overseas and you want to study an Australian composer, then those two videos are for you. Now this week's podcast uh, is all about sight singing. Now my students are currently about ready to flip into the HSC Music 2 extension course, and so... We've been sight singing for about nine months now. So they're actually able to sight sing over an octave uh, using coming back to tonic and dominant quite confidently. They do still mess a little bit in various stages. Some of them are still struggling with the 4 2 combination. Some are struggling with some other things. So that whole chat I just gave you probably doesn't make any sense to you. It will to my students listening, but it won't make much sense to you. So let me rewind. At the beginning of year 11, a lot of my students come in not having sight sung before. Singing is something we do a lot of in our classes, but it's not something that we do from a sight singing perspective. Uh, We don't have a history of self-edge in our primary school system, in the feeder schools that I deal with, in the school that I teach at. So because we don't have a young self-edge system, we do find the kids come in with a love of singing. They do like to sing but it's not something that's primary to them. Now your school might be the same situation. You might find that you do some singing in seven to 10, but you may not necessarily do any sight singing. You get the students in year 11, music two, HSC preliminary course, and all of a sudden you realize you've got to teach them to sight sing. Some of them might not be happy about it. There's a lot of instrumentalists out there that don't understand the value of singing. I use it in a lot of my instrumental programs. Um, I get the kids to sing along or sing their parts, or sing things, because it's something that I personally think is quite crucial for an instrumentalist. However not all instrumentalists do like it, not all kids think they can sing. And in the HSC Music 2 course, the sight singing, the kids are petrified of it, they think they can't do it. I've seen so many kids and marked so many kids over the years that have no faith and belief in themselves. You know, they actually probably can do it, but they have no tools or the tools they've got aren't working for them or whatever. So this little podcast is going to introduce some of the tools and tips I use. Over the next coming weeks in the access area, I'm going to be providing weekly um, sight singing panels. So uh, they're sheets that I actually use in my classes that allow the students to teach them the skills and the patterns that they need. And I'm also going to be releasing some videos predominantly for my students, but everybody can share those and have a look at those and take themselves through those as well. So, this whole next series of podcasts about sight singing and a lot of the content that's going up over the coming weeks are really suited to your year 11 and year 12 students. So, uh, first of all, with sight singing, what my students do, I assume when they come in that they can't do it, I also assume they don't have perfect pitch that's really important. If you do have kids with perfect pitch, my technique might freak about a little bit, but it's up to you how you handle your perfect pitch kids. I'm lucky I don't have any perfect pitch kids. I have some relative pitch kids. I have a lot of relative pitch kids, but no perfect pitch, so that's okay. So what I do is I use these what are called panels or sheets. Each week there's a different sheet. Uh, we start with um what I call FS1, which is my First Steps 1 um, page, and it's got four samples. They're only four bars long. It's got four samples in treble clef and four samples in bass clef. They're all written in the key of C. And the reason I do that is because every kid can sight-read the key of C. Okay, they can sight-read scales. They can sight-read anything in the key of C because it's been their predominant scalic source for a very long time. So, I figure why not stick with what they already know? Because what I'm teaching them is I'm teaching them numbers. I don't teach them do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. I can't see any point in a system teaching them that so late in their life. Uh, I do introduce it and I say to them, if you are familiar with it or you want to use it, go right ahead. But I tend to use a numeric system one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And the reason is because it ties in with their training in harmony and harmonic structure. Because everything comes back to scale degrees, chord functions, and eventually improvisation with my course, the way that I run it. So it suits my students incredibly well. Alrighty, so we deal with one, two, three, four, five to start with. So I only give them five tones. I predominantly on the first page deal with just tonic and dominant with the occasional steps. Sometimes there's an arpeggio in there. There might be a 4-2, but I tend to avoid that because that's not an easy combination. The very first thing I do is I say to them, we're going to sightseeing and they're all grown. So we deal with that. And then I say to them, look, bottom line is that this is five marks. You have got to get this right. And training starts now. It's five minutes once a week. In class, that's all we're doing. All right. And you will see an improvement over a very short period of time. So all you have to do is do this one sheet in class. I'll give you some drills, which will take you two minutes. I want you to do them twice in the week when I'm not with you. And that's all you have to do. So they can see that it's not a great onerous task. And we do it together as a whole class. Now, I use a movable dough. So what I do is my predominant um, single tone that I sing first thing in the morning is usually a D or a C sharp. So I just give them one, two, three, four, five. I just pick a note of the air. I don't give them C per se, and I say to them, "This is not C. I'm just going to give you a tone." A lot of the time, I try and push them up to E, because the worst case scenario is they could get something in E, uh, based on an E tone, but uh, an E central tone. But I usually sort of hang around the D, C sharp. So I just sing to them. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And they repeat it with me. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Then I say to them, let's look at the first sample. What are the traps? This is what a trap is. A trap is the, first, the key signature. Well, it's in the key of C, so there's no trap. Second trap, what's the time signature? It's in 4, 4. Okay, no trap. We're all pretty confident with 4, 4. If it's 3, 4, not so confident. Let's look at the patterns that we're dealing with. What note does it start on? Starts on C. Okay, so we're sitting on one. One, where does it end? Ends on one. Great. What are the first three notes? One, three, five. What's that? An arpeggio. One, three, five. So we sing. one, three, five, three, one, three, five, three, one. That's easy. You play them all the time. You sing them all the time. So there shouldn't be an issue. Let's sing the first bar, right? And then what we do is we look at, we talk about the bar line being a trap. Because what happens is kids, when they sing the last note of something, and the first note of the next bar, believe it or not, the bar line is like some sort of imaginary block that stops them from being able to remember what the note was they just sang a second ago. You see it time and time again. So you ask the students to sing you know, sing through what are the patterns. Look, there's a 5-3-1, so we go through all the numbers and then we sing the pattern. And it's amazing how many of them realise how debilitating a bar line is. Okay, a bar on and a rest are the most debilitating things when it comes to sight singing. They really are. So we basically t- t- take every sample just like that. The first sample, the first thing I say to them, what are the traps? Let's look. Starts on C or it starts on the third. Okay, we're going 3-1. Let's sing it. 3-1. So I always make the kids sing through anything that's a bit tricky. The tools that I'm teaching them, techniques I'm teaching them are the prep techniques they use. If they're going to try and sight sing something, let's look at it, let's sing through the traps and then let's try and sing it from the top. Because they're only four bars long, they're not too onerous because of the fact that they've got patterns that the kids play constantly. And I'm constantly reminding my students, that's something you've played all the time, you know. And then the drills for the first week are usually tonic dominant drills. Because you've got to get the kids used to coming back home, coming to the dominant, coming to the fifth, coming back home. Because if they get derailed in the phrase and the next phrase starts on the home tone, as long as they know where home is, they can start the next phrase again and get back on track. Yet, yeah, but if they don't know where home is, or they have no sense of home in their sight singing, then they haven't got a hope. Okay, so that's just a couple of tips and tricks to do with sight singing, this week I'll pop up on the um, just on the general feed my first sheet that I usually use Uh, but from that point forward it'll all be going into the access area so uh, make sure that you do jump on the website Clarissa Custom Music, K-L-E-R-R-I-S-A custommusic.com.au and join the access area just join as a member, up in the top right hand corner you can just hit join And you'll be able to um, access all of those wonderful resources. There's a bucket load of resources on there for free uh, for you. And stay tuned for some of the new YouTube videos that are coming up. Uh, I know that that's going to be very helpful for a lot of classes. Just remember, sight singing is nothing to be frightened of. It actually is one of the easiest things in the world if you can just apply some skill. All right, until next time, this is Kerry Lacey. Have a great afternoon. For more tips and tricks, head on over to clarissacustommusic.com.au.